Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Broja. What's up, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my bros with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, little bro, bro, Joe. Holla at the people, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? All right, so this is a money-making show for you. We're going to give you a preview into the weekend, give you our DFS tips. We're going to give you the start, sit advice, rapid fire 10, news and notes, action-packed show, beginning to end. We got a whole lot of information to get out to you. If you're looking to get to us, join us on the Facebook group, which is the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on IG at Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N. If you want to get any information such as uh, promos, advertising, things of that nature, you can reach us at fantasy football fiend at gmail let's go ahead and hop right into your news and now your fantasy news okay so we have quite a bit of news and notes pertaining to injury uh starting situations that are changing up just a little bit um per espn's phil yates the Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones, will be the starter for this Sunday's game against the Jets. I don't know if that means a whole lot, since how he was the starter um, this week against Chicago as well. It's not really about starting. It's about who finishes. But do we think that Mac Jones is given a little bit more of a leash because he's the better guy? Or they just want to give him enough rope to hang himself so when they move to Bailey Zappi that they can say, hey, look at the tape. We, we went with the better guy. I think Mac Jones is the better guy. Than just circumstances this year with the weapons and the way. I mean, they don't have an offensive coordinator. So it's a big difference with uh, McDaniels calling the plays and now you got a defensive coordinator calling your offensive plays. I think that has really played a part in the way he's played this year. I mean, he's coming off a Pro Bowl season and now he's, you know, going in reverse. And I think that has a lot to do with it. So I think he's the better guy. Of course, he was injured and that, you know, made way for Bailey to come in and do a couple good things. But this is really Mac Jones' team. Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson dealing with a hamstring injury said that he's feeling good and he's going to be ready to rock this week. I really thought that the Broncos might put him in bubble wrap for another week since it's how the bye week is coming up, but it doesn't look like that will happen because Coach Hackett, per the scuttlebutt around the NFL, is kind of coaching for his job this week. If they lose to the Jaguars, word on the street is he might not be the head coach anymore. And some pretty big name players may be gone if they don't get it together this week. So I think that's the only reason Russell Wilson is actually going to be playing this week. Let's ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard a few things. I mean, the whole Hackett thing. Come on, man. We, we've seen this a mile away. Pretty much banging the table 
saying this guy didn't deserve his job. And now not everybody want to say it. You know what I'm saying? Now all of a sudden it makes sense. But they have a pretty solid team this, this week. I mean, they're playing Jacksonville, who's been surprisingly decent. This could be it. And this, this is going to be a London game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. All so, right. you know, those are kind of fickle as it is. Right. Do, do you think they win one for the Gipper or they end up falling on the sword this week? They can. I can see them falling. I mean, because they haven't really put together, you know, four quarters of good football offensively. And now you have, you know, their running back situation. I mean, they just bought another guy off the street. But now it's off the street, but a practice squad and who's been cut. Now Marlon Mack is part of that carousel they have. They don't know which way they're going. I mean, Melvin Gordon, they say he's a starter and he'll get like, Five carries, and then it's just like a who knows what's going on over there. So I can very well see them losing this game. There's been a lot of people in talks as far as trades moving around. Albert O, KJ Hamler. So I think before uh, Tuesday, I think it's Tuesday deadline, uh, you see a lot of these guys moved around. Tannehill is dealing with an ankle injury. He's listed as an unparticipant in Wednesday's practice, and he really hasn't been all that much to write home about in general. Do we see a possible situation brewing here where it's advantageous of Tennessee to go ahead and bring in the young bull? Or is Tannehill still the guy for the remainder of the year, barring the significance of the ankle injury? That boy better get out there and play. That's all I know. That this this one of those situations where that injury can cost you your job. Because like you said before, he wasn't playing well. And then you go out here and miss a game or two and this this uh young bull come in here and kick up some dust. I mean it's going to be hard for him to turn back around and hand you back the keys. He, he's in a situation he he can't afford to miss games. I definitely hear you on that one. Saints head coach Dennis Allen said Wednesday that he's sticking with Andy Dalton as his starter, even though Winston is supposedly healthy right now. I guess Dalton has done enough to keep the job or Winston hasn't shown enough in practice to take the job back. Not exactly sure how confident they were in Winston to start, but apparently Dalton has done enough to show that he's the man at least to finish out the year. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense why they brought Winston back. In my personal opinion, last uh, this coming into the season, I think honestly after doing those three picks in the first half, you had to turn to somebody. Shoot, I don't like this carousel. They need to go ahead and draft somebody because it's not panning out for anybody. But Taysom Hill, they, that's the only thing that keeps the ball moving. The Los Angeles Rams running back Kyron Williams, who had a, a significant ankle injury to start the season, he's been designated to return from IR. He went down with a high ankle sprain in the opener that required surgery. He's back in the fold now. Sean McVay was touting this guy as being the guy from the jump. Um, that was one of the issues that Cam Akers had with the organization, and it looked like the closer it came to Kyron Williams returning, the more frustrated Cam Akers became with the organization to the point now where he's either going to be traded or probably cut because – He's indicating that he refuses to play for that team again, not showing up to practice. But here's the thing that lets you know that the team is on board. They granted him the permission to do so. So they want him gone as much as he wants to be. That's going to be an interesting turn of events going on there with the Rams. But Kyron Williams, again, may be a guy that you can kind of look for on the waiver. If you're having running back issues, he may be able to prove dividends here in the stretch. Travis Etienne, he's the guy now, but his coach put a little bit of cold water on thinking that Etienne is going to be the quote-unquote man, if you will. Doug Peterson indicated that Etienne 
is not heading for a workhorse type role. You're going to see him basically doing the same type of things that he was doing when Robinson was there. But Jermichael Hasty's carries will increase. And they're also going to be able to involve the rookie Snoop that they drafted. What is it? Connor? I think his last name is Connor. At any rate, they're looking to use those guys. So ETN won't see as much of an uptick, but I can still see him getting a couple more carries than what he was prior. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, this is uh, ETN's backfield. I'm sure they get a full compliment, like, you know. Played ninety percent of the snaps or something like that, but Hasty's uh contribution would won't be like uh, fantasy relevant in my opinion. Those touches would be ETN's touches, so I don't really think it's nothing to see here. Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott didn't practice today. He's tending to a grade two MCL sprain in his right knee. We reported on the last show that he was dealing with a knee injury, but they didn't really have any details out just yet. Now we know that it is a grade two MCL sprain and also a thigh bruise that he sustained during this past week's game. So right now, his availability is up in the air, depending upon how this works itself out through the week. Joe, I know you kind of stay abreast to injuries and things of that nature. When we're talking about a grade two MCL sprain, is that something that you can get over in a week? How significant is this? I don't want to say it's very significant, but typically something when you look into like the, the tear of it being like a grade two, we're looking at anywhere between two to four weeks. More or less, it's a lot of other tangibles that go into it as well, too, because if the x-rays are negative in regards to everything, that's a positive sign that he could possibly come back uh, quite sooner. But typically, anywhere between two to four weeks, if it's something that's like a great two. So you're saying that his status for this week or his likelihood of being able to produce on a high level is doubtful? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be great to to have some type of caution because you got to think, you know, the MCL and everything else, and what what it pretty much do. That's just your lateral quickness, and also too that it can affect you throughout the game. It's one of those things. It's a tolerance thing. If you try to go too soon, it might need to be scoped. You know, it's it's really it's a broad injury as far as how you can go about uh, fixing it. But typically, anywhere in that two to four weeks, man, is a good threshold to kind of see where he's at. But if he was to be a good to go, like uh, clear to go, I would just temper my expectations of a big game. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus said Wednesday that he'll continue deploying a committee backfield as far as David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are concerned. Now, Montgomery outsnapped Herbert 56% to 41% in Monday's win over the Patriots. Montgomery finished with 15 carries and zero targets. Herbert had 12 carries and two targets. But Herbert was able to do, to do a little bit more with his workload than what Montgomery was able to do. These are both guys, in my opinion, that are now in the high RB2 range. Montgomery used to be a back-end one, but because of the emergence of Herbert, it kind of feels like it's going to be a six in one and half a dozen in the other. Who happens to get the touchdown this week type of a situation in Chicago? I think what seems like the Philadelphia Eagles uh, saying they're looking for running back help. Man, go get David Montgomery. I mean, this should be Herbert's job. They already say this offense is more uh, fixated towards the way he runs the ball. is fits him better. And we've seen that. If you watch the game, he just... It just fits better, in my opinion. I think he's been held back by David Montgomery. We've seen the game that David missed, and we see how well he ran the ball. So get on the horn, man, and see if the Bears are, are trade David Montgomery. Get, grab some more picks, 
and rebuild that team up because they already have their running back in Herbert. Cuba Hubbard has an ankle injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. We didn't get a grade or any details to the extent of the ankle injury, but it did cause him to miss the fourth quarter in Sunday's game, which Foreman was able to take over, and he's still not in practice on Wednesday. So does this tell us that this might be an ankle sprain of the high variety, and now Foreman may be the only game in town at running back, making him a RB2 most likely i like it performing i do think i haven't read anything per se but i think herbert probably will miss this game even though the matchup is not the you know, the ideal matchup but hell last week wasn't either and he did well against tampa bay so he seems fresh seems ready to go so definitely buy some of that former stock but i don't think kuba will be playing this game Ravens wide receiver Rashad Bateman is listed with a foot injury, and he is questionable for Thursday night's game. He has the early game this week. Not exactly sure the extent of Bateman's injury. He was able to go this past Sunday. Didn't really make much noise, but it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he plays Thursday, or for that matter, if he does play, if he's going to be worth playing. Other than last week when Arizona played, most Thursday night games have been lower scoring. And I can see the same thing happening with the Bucks and the Ravens. Do we have any confidence as far as Bateman being able to go on Thursday? Is this just a veteran's preference on a Wednesday? Or how do you, how do we see this? He should miss this game. And he had this assembly. He's been having this foot issue for a little bit now, preferably because it's a short week. Give him the next 10 days, obviously, from Thursday to the following Sunday. I think he can be a, more of a participant on the field. Just a string of injuries, man. That, that was my guy. So who's most affected by this? Is this a run and start Andrews and DFS? Is this now I'm going to take a shot with Duvernay because Bateman won't be there and he's going to be, you know, one of those guys that isn't heavily owned? Who's going to be the biggest beneficiary if he doesn't go Thursday? I'm curious what player is a beneficiary. I mean, it's, uh, it's Andrews a bust. I mean, even the targets and involvement of Duvernay has been minimal. Lamar is just playing a shell of himself right now. It's either it's Andrews or he, he trying to go. He trying to make some type of move. He's, he has been playing to, to my personal opinion, at MVP level as of late. Noah Brown didn't practice on Wednesday due to a foot injury, and he has been kind of a godsend for the Cowboys who are in need of a little bit of wide receiver help. I've heard some rumors that Dallas may be a possible location for uh, Jerry Judy. We've heard several times that he may be on the move. That may be a team that's looking for his services or that of Brandon Cooks, and there was one other wide receiver they were looking at as well. If this foot injury is serious, then they're definitely going to have to bring somebody else. Oh, OBJ was the other guy that there were rumors that Dallas might be looking at bringing in um, as he should be nearing the end of his healing process from his injury last year. The Chargers expect wide receiver Mike Williams to miss a minimum of four weeks with his high ankle sprain. So we're looking at pretty much the fantasy season being about over for Mike Williams. He was one of those guys that I put on the same page as far as like a Rashad Penny. It's like clockwork. Yeah, they're talented, but they're going to get hurt and they don't heal very fast. So the odds of them being there for you when it matters the most is slim. Mike Williams is most likely out until the playoffs start and then thinking that he's going to be ready to be right back up and at him versus taking a few weeks to get right or versus them taking a few weeks to work him back in. I think that's fool's goal if that's what you're kind of believing is going to happen. 
Maybe someone's willing to buy Fusco, put them out there for a sale. <laughs> and, you know, maybe one of those teams that feel like they already have a playoff berth and they're just kind of wanting to have the best guys available to them for the playoffs. Maybe they'll take a swing at it. But who knows? I'll throw it out there and see what happens. If not, cut them if you haven't already. Amara St. Brown is still in concussion protocol and was limited at practice on Wednesday. The funny thing about this one is they said that he was cleared of having a concussion. And the only thing that kept him out of the game was the new rule that if you show any type of dexterity issues or any type of instability with standing or, or stumbling or anything like that, you're automatically out of the game. My question is, if he did pass the protocol and it was just a matter of the instability that they thought they saw, why is he still in protocol? Like, like it's already been known that he didn't have a concussion per their last state. That's kind of weird to me. But he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Hopefully he'll be, be a full goal this coming week. Bucks wide receiver Warsaw Gage is out with a hamstring injury. Also, Bucks tight end Cameron Brait is going to be out with the neck injury on Thursday night. So the Bucks are going to be with the limited crew yet again. I don't know if we're seeing the beginning of the end for Brady. And I know that sounds funny to say when you're talking about a 45-year-old, but we're talking about a steep decline from what we saw in the passing game. He is in a situation now to where, as, as far as fantasy is concerned, he's only been above 20 points one week out of the fantasy year, depending on your scoring system. This isn't a guy that we thought was going to put up this kind of numbers. Is this a, a sale now before it gets worse on Brady? Or do we think that everything kind of regresses to the mean as far as his stats are concerned? Or what are we looking at with this Tampa Bay situation? Me personally, I think it's too late to try to sell Brady. If you do sell him, you're not going to get the value you feel a Tom Brady should bring you back. What you going to get for him at this point? Because people are going to go by, like you said, the results, the numbers. It looks like a decline. So I think people have waited too long to sell him. If you're going to sell him, I think you have to just thug it out. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to roll with him through the, the rest of the season. I mean, you may get a Travis Etienne or something like that. It depends because Travis Etienne and a lot of leagues are not people's starters. You know what I mean? He's on a lot of people's benches. Right, right. So if that person has, especially in a two-quarterback league, if that person has a, if their second quarterback is maybe a, a Andy Dalton, Hell, uh, Tyler Heineke, or one of these kind of guys, maybe uh, even a, a billion, basically. Yeah, so maybe they may be more inclined to do a deal with you like that because of the name Tom Brady. It's still going to make their team look right. better. I see what you're saying. But that would right. be the only way you'll be able to sell this guy right now. In the one quarterback league, it's going to be extremely difficult. Two quarterback league, a little lot, a lot easier. But it, you still have to maybe sell it for a guy like a Kenneth Walker or maybe um, – Maybe a Miles Sanders, or one of those kind of tier guys. You know, say not the bigger guys. That that ship is already sold. Debo Samuel has a hamstring issues that he's trying to work out. I mean, he isn't practicing today. Debo normally comes up on the injury report at some point in time. Is this just minor or are we fearful of what could happen knowing what pretty much has happened every year other than last year? I think it's minor for right now, but it's just something to monitor. We in what week eight, these things this is that part of the season, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's nothing to be, you know, concerned about. But Debo is actually a sell high candidate right now. So you okay. think about selling him, he is a sell high candidate. TJ Hawkinson didn't practice. He has a knee issue going on. He's no stranger to injury. So make sure you pay attention to the injury report as the week progresses. Dalton Schultz still dealing with the knee injury. 
He practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. The fact that he practiced limitedly on Wednesday kind of bodes well for him as far as his participation in this week's game. So hopefully you'll be able to utilize his services. He hasn't been what we kind of thought he could be based on Dallas's situation. But at the same time, Dak hasn't been there and we thought that's who would be throwing on the ball and he's had his share of injuries himself. Just uh, kind of keep your eye on Schultz. He may be one of those guys that um, I kind of go buy low on um, if I'm having tight end issues because he and Dak getting back into the fold and kind of getting that level of comfortability back up can be exactly what the team needs. Now, if they do go out and get that additional wide receiver, then that may kind of hurt his status a little bit. But I think the only thing that he needed is to be healthy and to have Dak. That's what we have on that. And then lastly, as far as tight ends are concerned, we have Pat Fryer moved dealing with an ankle injury, and he was limited in practice on Wednesday. But again, the fact that he even attempted to give it a go on Wednesday, unless there's some type of setback, he should be good to go for this week. That about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop into Rapid Fire 10. And now, Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Rapid Fire 10 is going to be 10 quick questions. Who do I start? Let's get into it. First one, Tom Brady, Geno Smith. I'm going to go Geno. Ditto. <laughs> Geno, I'm standing in the flames. Like it or not, he's been better than Tom all year. Going Geno. All right, next we got, all right, next we got Kenny Pickett or Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Kenny on that one. I am going to go Jacoby, and for me, honestly, it's not even close. The reason I say that is Pickett is going up against the Philly defense. I don't like that at all. Um, (laughs) The over-under in that game is 43 points, and I got a sneaky suspicion that a lot of that 43 is going to be going to the Eagles. Nah, nah, I can't do it. I'd, I'd rather have the Bengals defense than the Eagles defense. We got Najee Harris or Michael Carter. I like Michael Carter. I'm going to have to go with Carter. Same defense. Najee hasn't exactly been running on all cylinders as is. So. And then coming off of a bye, too, so they've been preparing for you for two weeks. I want no parts. Flex question. Damian Pierce or Tony Pollard? We got to keep going with Pollard. If Zeke plays, give me Pierce. If Zeke doesn't play, give me Pollard. Yeah, it's looking like Zeke probably will not play. I'm going to probably go with Pollard then. He's going to be more involved in the pass game. We got Brian Robinson or Brandon Cooks. Damn. Uh, give me Brandon Cooks. He got to get going eventually. I'm going to say that with Indianapolis putting Sam, what is it, Sam Ellinger, I think his name is, out there, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that he's going to not turn the ball over just as much as Matt Ryan did, giving the commanders more opportunity to run the ball. And Tennessee's defense has been pretty decent. I don't know that Houston's going to be able to kind of run up the score. I think this is going to be a low week of scoring, to be honest with you. But give me the guy who's probably going to get a goal line carrier that may get him a touchdown. So I'm, I'm going to go with the running back versus the wide receiver on that. Uh, we got DJ Moore or Jacoby Myers. I'm going Jacoby on that one. I'm going with Jacoby as well. If we're looking at PPR leagues, he, he's just a little bit more involved. And most people nowadays are playing PPR. So I think I'm going to go with Jacoby. He just has a much higher floor. Okay, we got Alec Pierce or Tyler Boyd. Damn, that's a good one. I'm going to go with Stand in the flames. <laughs> Boyd has been killing it. Boyd. Cool. We got Christian Kirk or Adam Thillian. I, I like Kirk to get back right. And I, and I think you hear this question because of the defense they're playing against. We got Denver. 
I like Kirk. He's the guy that is most likely to not be affected by the defense. The tougher the defense, the more likely the dump off, and he's the slot guy. Okay, we got Taysom Hill or Greg DeLucci. Sheesh, that's a close one. Um, I'm I'm gonna go back to Greg. I like I think I like I like Taysom too, but it just seemed like he it's hard to say where he gets going. He's mostly in the uh the red zone or in the end zone rather as well too. If it wasn't for that touchdown, he wouldn't have had a really a great game last week. I like Greg. Greg looks like he's every bit of what we kind of looked for him to be coming into the from the draft. I don't like Denver's offense in general. So depending on the Denver tight end just doesn't feel right. I'm I'm gonna try to avoid Denver's offense outside of set at all costs. Uh this is supposed to be the last one. We got a bonus, but Kyle Pitts or Allen Robinson? I go Allen Robertson. At this point, the fourth overall pick is a blocker. Until Ritter is the quarterback in Atlanta, I know this may sound sacrilegious, sit pits. And for the bonus, man, the Dallas Cowboy defense or the Philadelphia Eagles defense? Eagles. So we got the Cowboys going up against the Chicago Bears. And we have the Eagles going up against Pittsburgh. All right. I like Eagles' chances at home against Pittsburgh a little bit better than I like. Well, this may be a little jaded because I thought the Patriots defense should show up against the Bears. So which Bears offense is going to show up? That's that's the biggest thing for me. I haven't seen Pittsburgh pit up enough points that I am in any way fearful of what they might do. So I'm going to have to run with the Eagles. And Joe, you had which one? I had the, I had the Eagles. So that concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. All right, so let's deep dive into these matchups. First up, on Thursday, you have Baltimore Ravens going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a 45-and-a-half point over under, only a point separating them in the point spread. As far as fantasy, start, sit, consider, don't consider, what are we looking at in this game? I think you should start Mike Evans. You might sit for net. If you have happen to have a, if you count on the fence, like say if you have a Pollard, I would rather play Pollard than Leonard Fournette this game. I think you should temper your expectations as well with uh, Lamar Jackson. He's been kind of lackluster the last few weeks. Who's your best DFS player in this one? I'm still going to say Mike Evans. I think you also temper your expectations for uh, Gus Edwards. I know he came on, looked pretty decent last week, but against his run defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it may be a little bit more difficult. Joe, up next, we got Denver Broncos going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a 39 and a half point over under. They're separated by two and a half with Denver getting the points. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? And is there a DFS play in this group? Yeah, in regards to who I'm starting out of this one, I'm I'm 100% with Vander or Christian Kirk. I think um, there's a ton of value in this match. I think it's a get right for him. As far as who I'm sitting in this one, I can't trust nobody on Denver to our point. I, w- I would say everybody. Even if you look at Sutton, you would think Sutton would be getting a lot of the trade. But the last two games, it's like they're not even like feature him in this offense. It's everybody but Sutton the past two games. It presents some opportunity, but I don't really see much there. But as far as the DFS, Greg Dolchitz, like I think, you know, like I know like you kind of say you kind of avoid him the offense. But one of the things that stood out from immediately, he's been being heavily involved in the pass, the vertical pass game, not even just the pass game itself. 
Uh, we've seen him already post some good numbers uh, already in two games, and he's the clearly the number one guy. He has, he's upseated uh, Salbert, uh, Albert O, and then uh, Alec Beck uh, in that lineup. So I think somebody's looking to get some value, go to Greg Dalton. I actually don't mind that as far as DFS is concerned. Somebody got to be the one to score, so maybe it is him, and if it is him, he costs you next to nothing as far as DFS is concerned. But if I have a better option as far as redraft or dynasty is concerned, I'd probably trot out that better option. Vander, we have Carolina Panthers going up against the Atlanta Falcons. This is a 41-point over-under, and Carolina's getting four points. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? And what's your DFS play? For? Hmm. I'm definitely sitting Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. Um, Carolina uh, defense has been pretty good, though. Like for real. Yeah, especially against the pass. They 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 tend to play uh, pretty decent against the pass. And Atlanta uh, can't pass anyway. They only threw the, they only threw the ball 13 times last last week. I'm going to start uh, DJ Moore, and I think the DFS play will also be DJ Moore. You know, people forgot about DJ Moore. Remember how you felt about him the last couple years? You know what I mean? So we haven't really seen that much of him. I think this new quarterback change, we see him finally getting in the end zone last week. So I think okay. this new quarterback change has been maybe a little bump for him, a little plus. Atlanta coming in, not really good against the pass. And uh, so I'm going to say DJ Moore, the guy I will go with. And I did not mention in the news, I apologize, P.J. Walker is now going to be the starting quarterback as far as Carolina is concerned. Head coach Steve Wilkes said he deserves it. Looking at him in comparison to Mayfield as of late and Darnold, what he was able to do last year, P.J. Walker, he was actually able to make the offense not look quite as anemic as it has been. So, And as Vander just alluded to, he got D.J. Moore back in the game and he was able to you know, matriculate the ball downfield. So um, great job there. Maybe Steve Wilkes works himself into a job, depending on how this thing goes. It looks like he's going to play the guys that are playing well and be damned what your paycheck is or what your name is. I thought um, I did too about PJ last week, <clears throat> just throwing it out there. What you talking about, Josh? I said I like, I like PJ to get the offense going. That's said last week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I felt the same way about Zappy um, with the Patriots. So, yeah, Chicago Bears going up against the Dallas Cowboys. This one has a 42 and a half point over under. The Cowboys are giving up nine and a half points. Vegas is basically saying one or two things. Dallas is about to put it on the Bears, or we know Dallas fans are going to make the bet on their team regardless of what the spread is, and we want them to take a sucker bet. And I think it's probably the latter. I don't see them covering 10 points. Their defense is good. It is. It's really good. But we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't. I don't see them beating them by 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 ten points essentially. Vander, what you got on this one? Who you starting? Who you sitting? And who is your DFS player? I'm definitely starting uh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Okay. Is, he's also my DFS play. Sweet value where he is right now in comparison. I mean, you got a lot of big time running backs going this week, but he has a really good matchup coming into this game. So I'm gonna say he's the start. He's the DFS play. Um, I also want to start the Dallas Cowboy defense. I'm real big on them. I think What's the difference between Dallas defense and the Patriots defense that you think that they'll show up a little bit more? Well, the Dallas defense coming in is the number one defense in fantasy, and they have number 11. That's the difference. 10-4. <laughs> and also, another kicker, we haven't seen it yet, but they keep knocking at the door. Don't forget about that guy, uh, Turpin, special teams, kickoff, punt returner. Right. He's yep. been close to breaking. Um, you know, preseason has been a lot of talk about him, 
and you know you get those points for those return touchdowns and things like that. So, and you still have uh, Diggs who who takes chances, and with those chances can become you getting burnt or is six going the other way as well. So I think uh, Dallas just has a better scoring defense than the New England Patriots. And also, you think you temper your expectations as far as David Montgomery goes. That's a guy I will sit. Miami Dolphins going up against the Detroit Lions. This one may have the highest over-under of the week, if I'm not mistaken, at 51 and a half points. Miami's given up only three and a half points. They're playing at Ford Field, so that's basically saying that Vegas expects them to kind of win by about a touchdown, which means there are going to be plenty of points scored on both sides if we're reading this correctly. Who we starting, who we sitting, DFS play. I think definitely in this matchup, we're gonna get we're gonna get every part of Miami. This is the worst defense in the NFL. Surprised Aaron Glenn ain't lose his job yet. So I'll, I'll fire up all of them in confidence. Um, in regards to who I sit, I mean, looking at Detroit, uh, they don't really have anybody. I, I think uh, between Amara, Josh Reynolds is, is now questionable. You're gonna be like digging, and then Hawkinson. We just you just talked about him early in the show. There's not much there uh, on that team. And oh yeah, DeAndre. Uh, Swift going to be not going to play this week. So it's not much there as far as a DFS play. It's going to be my second tight end, but I do like Gusecki. Finally, you know, the last few weeks, this is another guy who's been getting utilized a lot more. And he was targeted a lot more, especially in the, that last game. I think he, he's a nice play, not even just value, but overall, I think he could be a nice player that probably end up in the optimal lineup somewhere. Are we at all concerned that Sunday would be the last game day prior to the trade deadline? So Anybody that's out there may be set so they don't get hurt before they get traded. And I know Gasecki was on that list. That's the only reason I bring that up after you make that comment. Is that anything to prepare for at all? Are the guys that are going to be bubble wrapped are the guys that have been bubble wrapped and the ones that have been playing are going to continue to play? Both of you can kind of prognosticate as far as things like that are concerned. What both of y'all got on that one? Because of Smythe battle and injury. They're going to need Gusecki. I think Hunter Long played a little bit of snaps as well, too. But I think that's why the reason why. And also, too, they just gave him the franchise tag. They're going to move on from him the next season anyway. This can very well be his last game as a Dolphin. Because this name has floated around the trade rumors all year since the beginning. So apparently there's something there. And there's a lot of teams. Green Bay Packers, teams like that, right? Some of these teams that you think need wide receiver help. If you can't really find wide receiver help, the next best thing is get tight end help. So I can see a lot of these guys looking for the services of Jaseski after Sunday's game. Arizona Cardinals are going to be going up against the Minnesota Vikings. This one is at a 49-point over-under, and the Arizona Cardinals are getting three-and-a-half points. Who are we sitting? Who are we starting in the DFS play in this one? I definitely want to start the boy, D. Hopkins. You know, he's back from suspension. I mean, last week, got 14 targets, caught 10 of those balls. And this Minnesota defense is not good on the back end. So I definitely want to start DeAndre Hopkins. DFS play, again, DeAndre Hopkins, $7,900 on FanDuel. He's my favorite play. A guy that you want to sit. This guy is good. I think he's going to do well. But Dalvin Cook, I would temper my expectations on him. And also, if you have a Tony Pollard on your bench and you happen to have a guy like Dalvin Cook, go for it. Because I'm the guy, I'll take those risks. A lot of people won't do it. They feel like these higher tier players is like, it's just like you must set it. I'm going to take you back a few years ago when Darrell Revis was in the league and he was having that streak. I had Julio Jones. I sat him. You know what I mean? Because he was going against the Jets. And at that time, it was just like, 
I'm sitting and I play someone else and it worked out. I think he only had maybe like four fantasy points that game, something like that. So sometimes you might have to sit those top tier guys when they don't look right. So again, if you have a guy like a Tony Pollard, who I know I've been saying his name a lot, this is one of the ones I was using on like a, a Davin Cook. So I would sit Davin Cook this game. Las Vegas Raiders are going to be going up against the New Orleans Saints. This one is a 49 and a half point over under. And the Saints are getting a point and a half. So they're looking at this one as being pretty close. Also looking at a good bit of points have been put up. I love Chris Olave in this game. I love Devontae Adams in this game. I can see Josh Jacobs continuing to do what he's been doing. And that's about it. Other than Kamar, excuse me. With this high of an over-under, I wouldn't mind starting the quarterback. I just think that some of this is going to be attributed to defensive scoring, to be honest. I don't know that a good bit of this won't be defensive scoring. New England Patriots are going to be going up against the New York Jets. This one is a 40-and-a-half point over-under with the Jets getting two-and-a-half. I'm skeptical of my squad at this point, y'all. I don't even want to speak on it because I'm either speaking from fear or speaking from fanhood. So <laughs> what y'all got on this one? Start Michael Carter. The New England defense has shown that they're not really the greatest team in the league against the run. So I, I love Michael Carter this game. I think he's a start. I also think Michael Carter is your DFS your DFS play. He's uh, 6,600 on FanDuel. I think you sit Mac Jones, <laughs> Zappy, and whoever the quarterback is, sit them. I honestly wouldn't feel comfortable playing any of the Jets offensively. I know we've seen Stevenson, like, it's his backfield. He took over last week. This is Bill Belichick we're talking about. And Damian Harris is healthy. You never know. Damian Harris can go out there and get 20 carries next week. You just, you, just, you just never know what this guy So I would sit any of the Patriots offensively, to be honest with you. DFS play again, Carter, and you start Carter. And just to come in real quick, I think, honestly, on the opposite side, too, I don't really trust none of New England's wide receivers. Sauce Gardner and then uh, DJ Reed, two of the young safeties, rookie safeties. I mean, the safety, the cornerback, sorry. Extremely well rated, really high as far as the coverage skills this year. They got a nice little little secondary going on with the Jets. So I think it's going to be like a really competitive defensive game, a lot of field goals. And it's about, honestly, time of possession and who got the ball, you know, last in my personal opinion. It's going to be a good game. One thing I'll say that's sheerly based on the numbers. If you look at Ramondre Stevenson, not so much the rushing attempts that's impressive. He had the team's target share high for the week as far as percentages were concerned he was at 28.6 percent so close to 30 percent of the pass game went his way the next closest person or the two next closest people tied were Devonte parker and tyquan Thur- uh, thornton both at 17.9 each and as it pertained to the running game he had 77 percent of the snap to Harris's 17%. So I honestly feel that Belichick has chosen his guy, if for no other reason, because he's not going to pay Harris next year. I'll push back just slightly on what history has shown us about the week-to-week usage, just because this guy is both the first and second down back and what White used to be for us. Uh, which is the PPR goal guy. He, he's both of them. I think he has a high ceiling for that. Looking at Pittsburgh going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, this one is at 43 point over under. Pittsburgh, they're getting 10 and a half points. I don't like anybody on Pittsburgh this week. 
do we have any word whether or not there's a possibility that the newly acquired Robert Quinn will be playing for the Eagles this week? Do we have any? Yeah, he should. I don't see why not. It's not like you have to learn a playbook. I mean, he's, he plays defensive end. <laughs> Go get the quarterback. That's what the playbook says. So I can definitely see this been a long day for Kenny Pickett. And the Eagles offense is also going to be a beneficiary because I think they're going to have the time of possession in their favor. One thing I would caution the listeners to, not necessarily looking at this week per se, but the rumor mill was that the Eagles were in on CMC. The rumor mill is that the Eagles may be in on Kareem Hunt or several other running backs at this point. For whatever reason, they still just don't like Sanders. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but just isn't good enough for them. Um, so I would possibly look at selling Sanders just depending on what happens. But if they do bring in another running back, you won't be able to get nearly what you can get for him now. And it seems like they have mixed feelings about him even now. And he's the guy. I'm mean, Kenneth Gainwell returns and also looking at what Boston Scott tends to do. I, I can just see them going back to doing the same thing they did with him last year. What you got on this one, Joe? Uh, so, regards to the matchup, like I said, um, I'm honestly fading all of Pittsburgh. On the other hand, I think this is a, a good opportunity for the offense as a whole to kind of get right. Um, obviously, you know, all your receivers for the Eagles. I like even Jalen Hurts. I think um, as stout uh, as the defense is for the Steelers, I think it's still areas of opportunity because he takes care of the ball pretty well. Going back to Robert Quinn, Believe it or not, he's been double teamed the most in the league. So that's more than Joey Bosa, more than, you know, all our other perennial Pro Bowl players. To this point, he's guarding. They already had a top three defense before this guy. So uh, if you, somebody like me, to like player props, I'm taking that uh, Eagle Sacks over <laughs> um, all the way. As far as a DFS play, I think, honestly, this is a good opportunity um, getting still, playing from behind for a player, if any, from the Steelers, maybe Friar move. Got him triple tight end. But also, too, I think this is also a good game if you want to kind of buy low on a Quest walk-ins. Because I think early on in this game, it's going to be kind of three and out, maybe some field goals. But we know Quest walk-ins can kind of get an added value of that big play. He's that third, first receiver, they like to say, over there in Philadelphia. But just fire up all the Philadelphia players in confidence, my opinion. Tennessee Titans are going to be going up against the Houston Texans. This is a 40 and a half point over under. Only a two point spread in this one. And Houston is getting the points. That point spread is mighty close for my liking in this game. That's kind of interesting. They're saying Houston's going to stand up this week. Man, this is going to be a, a goodie. Um, of course, you start Derrick Henry. But. <laughs> This guy is uh, going against the worst run defense in the league. We just seen what um, Houston just gave up last week when they went up against the, uh, who was that? Uh, Jacobs. He had the hat trick. Three right. touchdowns yeah. and he ran a hole down. So look who come into town. The big boy. You know what I'm saying? So TFS, we got some really good sneaky plays in this. I must say uh, Brandon Cooks um, is a great DFS play. He also a guy I would want to start as well. Fan dude, $6,100. Worse in the league against the pass. Well, next to worst. You know what I'm saying? They're like top three worst. Uh, We've seen uh, several wide receivers cook them this year. Um, so Brandon Cooks is a great value right here. Another thing I want to let's let's watch this. Um, this is another DFS. Let's see what happens with Tannehill as the week goes on. Because you talking about get that that dual threat, those points. Malik Willis. I mean, this is a guy has a cannon of an arm. Even though they don't have the wide receivers, 
could be a lot of play action, could be a lot of, you know, he should see a lot of good running lanes as well because of Derrick Henry in the backfield. So they can run some options. There's a couple, who knows what this offense is like with him in it. So he's 6,700 on FanDuel. I would love to play him as well in a DFS uh, setting. So as far as the sits, definitely just sit the Tennessee uh, wide receivers. I always got whoever it is. I don't care if it's NWI. Right. Like, who are uh, Robert Woods, <laughs> whoever. Just sit, sit all of them. And also, temper your expectations on Damian Pierce. I like him, but temper the expectation. The Washington Commanders are going up against the Indianapolis Colts. This is a 39 and a half point over under. And Washington is actually getting the two and a half points here. I kind of like Washington's chances in this one with the. It's all really going to be what Sam Ellinger ends up doing in this one now that heineke is back in the driver's seat it's mclaurin it's it's scary terry season. Back, back. it's back uh also too i think um antonio gibson uh was used heavily last game i i know his we, we think he's a the best punt returner on the team we don't know what he's gonna be we saw him even getting into the red zone and getting close to goal line work quite a bit, something that we thought Brian Robinson would do. Uh, Brian Robinson- with that one, uh, Brian Robinson was 47% of the running back snap count, and Gibson was 39%, and McKissick 16 But you just seen that pop out of uh, Gibson, uh, even catching a few passes as well. I just think he has a sneaky value. I think Brian Robinson kind of hasn't played to that what we saw him do a lot in the preseason. He's just getting a little, a lot of one to two yards. He's not popping nothing really big. But in a game like this, I think it's really going to bode well for the receivers for the Redskins. Just like what Heineke is able to do with the ball, um, not knowing much about what the Colts are going to do, I still think it's a lot of opportunity for Mike Pittman. But I, to your point, they have to do something, and, and that's one of the, the driving parts of their offense. Is it time that we see Jonathan Taylor? I think. This could be the time, even against a great defensive line uh, and linebacking core, they're going to have to ride Jonathan Taylor. They, they, you know, this division is kind of close for the AFC North, so they're going to have to ride Jonathan Taylor. I, I can't say no about him uh, not getting the job done. San Francisco 49ers going up against the Los Angeles Rams. This is a 43-point over-under, and the Los Angeles Rams are getting a point and a half. Vander, what you got on this one? Who you starting? Who you sitting in DFS? Hmm, hmm, hmm. You definitely want to sit Henderson. He didn't he, practice today with some kind of an illness. I don't know how. I think he had mono. Um, I'm pulling on <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> uh, nah, you, you definitely want to sit Henderson, man. Um, any running back going against his 49 defense, you definitely don't want to play any of those guys. Temper your expectations with Cooper Cup. I know he's Cooper Cup. He always does well. And I think he will, again, do well this game. Because you can't really stop him. They can hide him all over the place. But he may not have one of those crazy games. I mean, now last time out, he had a whopping 19 targets. He caught 14 balls. So he didn't get in the end zone. But it can't be a repeat of that. I think he'd do well, though. And as far as the start, start Christian McCaffrey. Go with him. It's time. Um, he has another week. This guy went to Stanford. man. so smart kid. I'm pretty sure he got that playbook down by now. Start him. DFS? Mm-hmm. It's tough, man, but I want to give you guys a good value. How you feel about IU? Not so much against the Rams, to be honest with you. Kittle? Uh, no. Start Debo Samuel. Okay. He tends to to kick their butt, to be honest with you, man. They played earlier this season. He had uh, six catches for 115 at touchdown. So it wasn't even nothing out of the backfield. It was all done like a wide, like a wide receiver. So Debo Samuel would probably be my DFS play. New York Giants going up against the Seattle Seahawks. This one is a 44.5 point over under with the Giants getting three. Who you starting? Who you sitting? And what's your DFS play on this one, Joe? Uh, 
Gino, Gino, Gino. I'm still impressed, man. I, I think honestly, this is gonna be a really good game. I like all. I like. I like a lot of our players. I mean, I think honestly, hopefully Lockett isn't too banged up because obviously he's gonna be the surefire play. I don't see DK playing this week, um, but we'll know uh, Sunday uh, leading up to game time whether he's gonna be definitive. Yeah, no, he's not playing. Yeah, so I think we definitely fire up Lockett. In regards to also our backfield, I love Kenny Walker in this position. Kenny's just a stud, man. That dude is – he's something different. That's what I'll continue to say. As far as the other side of the field, they're just depleted yet again. I don't see Tony playing. Wondell's banged up. I don't think we know until Saturday, early uh, Sunday, if he's going to be good to go. And Richie James is no longer a thing. Colin Johnson, like, it's just like what they're, what's remaining, you can't really pick. And then their tight end, uh, Danny Bellinger, he got knocked out. Um, so I guess – I'm saying all this to say we fade in the Giants minus Barkley and Daniel Jones. I just don't know who's going to get the ball to, but we know Daniel Jones going to the, run the option. Uh, DFS play, just looking at value, we're going to go to – we'll go back to Kenny. I think, again, Kenny's uh, – no DK, he's definitely going to have four to five catches in this game. And I think he's going to – again, another breakaway player, he's going to take another one to the house, probably a 50-60, maybe even a 70-yarder to the house. I can already tell you that off the rip. Kenny going to find a way. If you're looking for a cheaper option in this one, I kind of do like the Giants Wandell Robinson. He was the most utilized wide receiver as far as target share was concerned. And again, this is just his second game back. This will be his first game without carrying the injury designation. So I kind of like them to kick him into high gear. And he's one of those guys that, you know, he can get it out of the backfield. He's going to be heavily targeted. Because he's kind of the only wide receiver to have out there right now other than Slayton who keeps dropping balls. I wanted to ask Joe a question. Um, oh, yeah. Kenneth Walker, what, what's your comp with him? Because I'm watching I watch him and I'm like, damn, who does this dude look like? I want to say he remind me of um he seemed much tougher, but he kind of remind me of the kid from Kansas City years ago. Fast kid from Texas. Charles? Charles, he kinda, he, he, yeah, it's like the way he the way he glides and hit these holes, man. So with that with that speed, it's like. But he he his pad level is so much different than than Charles, though. You, you get what I'm saying? You know who like, I would say? Who I would say? Arian no, man. I don't, no, he just seems so much smoother than he's like quicker than Arian. Like he, he got like a college comp to me. He don't like no pro ever. And it's I don't want to say this because I can't really remember many pros looking like this. As far as like how his pad level is with that speed, like it looked like C, it looked like CJ Spilling at Clemson, like it's like that. You know what I'm saying? As far as like NFL, I just I can't thank anybody. So I wanted to ask you that who you thought. Yeah, so during the, uh, the draft process uh, and on the show, I kind of gave him the, the same comp to Chris Carson that was already on the team, but obviously he runs a four three eight. Right. He's very physical to be somebody who who has that much speed. He's a very physical in between the tackle kind of guy. Right. His I mean, and, and it's look you know like again we see forty times all the time. It looked like a four three. You know yeah. what I'm saying? His four three looks like a four three. It's like man, who this dude remind me of? It's like. I can't think anybody, to be yeah, honest with you. Right three down back. And I think, uh, like I said, in a game like this, in a situation like this, he's going to have to catch three or four passes easily. And I don't see anyone upseating him for touches at all. In nah, not at all. Nobody there. You got Green Bay Packers going up against the Buffalo Bills. This one is a 47 and a half point over under. Green Bay is getting, I want to say, the week's high. 11 don't points. say. 11 points. Buffalo Bills are about to, they about to get somebody fired is what's going to happen. I don't know who, but somebody going to lose their job after the ass whipping Green Bay about to take this week. Who you starting? Who you sitting? What's your DFS play on this? 
Man, you start the Buffalo Bills. You, all of them. <laughs> yeah, you start everybody, man. And you sit all the Packers, man. Your DFS players, all the Bills. and Just make your lineup with all Bills players in it. Nah, but definitely the man they got the go-to guys, and it's you know the Josh Allen. I think this is a game that Gabriel Davis can do well. I could see Alexander uh, maybe chasing around Diggs a little bit, so that'd probably be a nice little matchup. So, so I think you saying start Davis? Yeah, 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 because I think he'll see easier coverage. You know what I mean? Like I said, this is a premier corner going to a premier receiver, and not saying Diggs can't get work because we see what Diggs can do. Like, like even against premier corners, like he get he get busy. If you want to take the easier route, I would say uh, go Gabriel Davis. Um, he'd probably be my DFS play. Um, of course, with Josh Allen, we're not even mention that because he's going to cost you a grip in DFS. But um, <laughs> right, right. if you want to value, I would say him. And, um, and maybe you also – And like, I guess it kind of depends on the game that you play because if you're doing a one-up, i definitely start him. But if you're in like a tournament or something like that and, – uh, and, and, man, just sit sit A.J. Dillon. That's what you sit. Do not play him. No, sweet, no sweet value play, man. Play Devin Singletary. I think this could be a game that he um, okay. does well in because Green Bay is not good against the run. So, what do you think about Jones' value? His value will come all about what he can catch. If he ain't catching, it's nothing. Oh, they're gonna be behind. He he gonna have several targets thrown his right. way this week. Well, sure. The Bills defense, they 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 get to the ball pretty quick. They got some guys that can cover the flat. I th- if he does have a value, it'd be a lot of catches, to be honest with you. Okay. Last up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Cleveland Browns. This one is a 46.5 point over under, and the Browns will be getting 3.5 points. Who we starting, who we sitting, and what's the DFS? We got to go back to Chubb, man. Chubb is, Chubb is just him. I like David Njoku. David Njoku last four weeks, man. Highly impressive. Very David cool. Njoku's out. He's out? Oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Oh, Harrison Bryant. I, I forgot what yeah. the injury was, but he's out. Harrison Bryant with confidence. That's my dude. I think, honestly, you can fire him up all levels. I liked him way before um, coming into the season. Uh, Harrison Bryant is a really good sneaky play, DFS, just in general. Even you got to think for tight ends this week, huh, Joe? But <laughs> – you know what? But no, oh, but no, I'm gonna go for DFS some somebody else. But just Harrison Bryant, real quick. You gotta think, even with Austin Hooper and David Njoku, this kid was featured a lot in like 23 personnel, 13 personnel. Like they found ways to keep this kid steadily on the field. Now with no Njoku, I think it's gonna be a really nice snag for those type of plays. Uh, looking on the other side of the, the ball. It's really open. I think this is a really good uh, matchup for all the players from Mixon, Chase, Tyler Boyd has just been balling right now. Uh, Higgins, I, I, you got to give Higgins. Higgins can't uh, play really well and had a nice little bounce back game after having a few suspects because it was just he was taken out with injury the last the prior two. I like this game. I think it's going to be fairly competitive, so you can really get to most of your players. Oh, I forgot Mari Cooper. Those are my three, and those are my players I like for that matchup. I just want to say one thing, man. Play, play my boy. I've been talking about him last week as well. This dude, this dude, good, man. I don't think people realize how good this dude is. And I say he's never mentioned. He's so undervalued. Every time, the, every time, I think it means they talked about this last Wednesday. Every time the rankings come out, he's like the sixth running back. Nick Chubb, man. Nick Chubb, an animal, man. I mean, he's first in rushing yards. He's first in yards at the contact. First in rushing touchdowns. First in missed tackles, forced. And he's first in explosive runs. And this is with Kareem behind him. So when they ship Kareem out of there, which they're saying they're looking for maybe a fourth-round pick for him, you might want to sit Kareem this week as well because he might be in bubble wrap. Better fire this dude up, man. This dude is an animal. He's one of them. Like It's time for everybody to give this boy his flowers, man, his respect. He's knocking on the door like best running back come out of Georgia. He's knocking on that door. Like I know he don't have the championships like a Terrell Davis or you know the, the stories of a Herschel Walker. 
or maybe even though Gurley has some good years, but this boy here, this boy here is stud, man. I'm telling you. You brought up something that I want to touch on real quick right before we wrap up. Who do you guys see on the move? And what teams do you see needing to make? I'll start out first. I can see Dallas attempting to match play for play with the Eagles. If you thought you were equal to them before, now that they have Quinn, you can't still believe you're equal without adding some type of offensive uh, weapon. So I know it's out of character for them to make a splash as far as trades are concerned in most cases, but I think that that's a team that's in desperate need of a wide receiver. There's several that are on the block, and if they do go without adding anyone, I think it could be devastating for their chances of having a shot at that division. I think what the Cow- do you think needs to make moves? Well, I think real quick, I think the Cowboys missed their boat already. Um, you know, some people, they they get their, their love in the offseason. Some people get their love during the season. The Eagles was a team that's doing both. The Cowboys had the opportunity to get Von Miller. He wanted to go there. They didn't do it. That ship is sailed. It's over. You can't keep up with the Eagles. The Eagles have been constantly making moves. And you've been sitting on your hands. It's over. You might as well go and wrap this division up. Um, you should have got Von Miller and, and had him and Michael Parsons together. It would have been that ridiculous. Been you know what oh I'm saying? You, yeah, you you're right. Had, dudes been really running for their lives. Like every you snap. You put Von Miller in a situation where he can't be doubled because Parsons got to be. Like, how do you? Yeah. This and is you every still snap. got D. Lawrence too? Like who who what? Yeah. He wanted yeah. to go there. You're right. He, You're he right. wanted to be there. They didn't want to pay him. So I think I don't care what receiver they bring in, it's a wrap for them. As far as needs, I'm gonna still go with guys like the of course the Green Bay Packers. We keep beating that drum like wide receiver help. I mean, there's no way around it. Go get Chase Claypool. Some of those Denver receivers would be good. Jerry Judy may be a good name here. Hell. See, the Carolina Panthers want to get rid of DJ Moore. They say they don't, but give it a shot. Like, some of these guys, I think, are some guys you need. Uh, Slayton, Darius Slayton, New York Giants. And and not only get one, try to get two of them. If, you, if you're really thinking about winning this season, if you really want to try to save the season, go out there and grab two. To make two trades and get two wide receivers in there, man, and see if you can get this thing back on back on track. Yeah, I agree with that. With those sentiments in regards to trades, I think um, DJ Moore, he I, I he, I think he might get traded. I, I think it's, it's highly likely he get traded. The compensation can still be a first round pick for him, bar none. And I think with an organization that's really going to need to rebuild and start over. I, I think DJ Moore might get moved. I think it's highly likely. Somebody, I'm the Packers, and I you playing for you playing for now. I'm giving up my first round pick next year, going to get a player like DJ Moore, um, clearly undervalued. And because they would have needed to, to use their first round pick on a wide receiver anyway, so why not get one that's already ready already? Yep, I agree, 100. Yeah, you're right. That about wraps up the show for this week. We'll be back to you on Monday or Tuesday, just depending on uh, when we get everything wrapped up. But make sure that you set your lineups early. We have a 930 game this week. So remember to set your lineup. It won't be a one o'clock start for some of you. And we will see you next week. We out.